The following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Welcome back to the 11pm Somewhere podcast for episode number 46 of the number one craft beer podcast in Ireland. The podcast with more IBUs of opinion than a McKellar bottle of 1000 IBUs. I'm your host Ian and each week I jump on my beer crate adorned with craft beer parity that I shoo away the bland taste as liquid cardboard producers of the beer producing world to lend my voice to the Irish craft beer revolution. Thanks for daring to put the world's most dangerous podcast into your ears another week of hitting that download button. Friends, women, country folk, everyone, thank you once again for joining me on the 11pm Summer Podcast. Episode number 46, wow it's been a couple of weeks since the last one crazy crazy time but everything is all good and i am recording this podcast from new surroundings this is amazing i am in my new uh my new digs my new shindigs this is awesome i think i shall deem this place the tony stark in for the insane the fat cave is dead because obviously i'm not a fat dude anymore so (laughs) get to kick that one out of the way this week on the show going to be talking about a couple of bits and pieces going to be talking about blended beers smash beers equity for punks four and some of my own recent homebrew stuffs so kicking it off first into blended beers <clears throat> blended beers is something that you know i have a, an affinity for cool and interesting things that are done with beer and i think my first real experience with blended beer uh was i hardcore you which was a collaboration between McKellar and Brewdog, which is basically where Hardcore IPA gets blended with I Beat You by McKellar, and then they dry hop it with an insane amount of hops. This beer is probably the single most hopped beer <clears throat> available in Europe, and the amount of hops that's actually used in making it is absolutely just mind-wateringly insane, and eye-watering, I'd say, as well, for accountants. Um, but it's... It's one of those things that it, it's always given me sort of um, a bit of a view. And then when I was later on, again, Brewdog Beers, because again, this is a, a reoccurring theme with them, um, I was introduced to something called Ripcore uh, by a member of the Brewdog team, which is basically where Riptide, which is their imperial stout, is actually then mixed in a glass with hardcore IPA, and the result is just. It's amazing. It's one of those things that you have to try it. And then, of course, they brought out Hardcore Mike uh, earlier this year, which was a collaboration where basically Hardcore IPA is mixed with To Old's uh, Mike beer, uh, beer, which, again, is another Imperial Stout. And it was actually bottled as this mix. And it was, in, again, one of these things which is incredible. And it's kind of, it's kind of always got me thinking, you know, why are more brewers afraid of doing blended beers apart from the fact that you can't just take any two beers and blend and put them in a glass together i mean it kind of harks back to you know when we were kids in the 90s and people drinking snake bites like we were doing blended beer then obviously i wasn't with very very good beer at all um i can i have to say hand on heart i was one of the assholes who actually uh, on occasion was known to drink a snake bite as well in the 90s um 
before I got got sent and uh, got to experience the amazingness that is craft beer. I mean, we've all got these these shames in our history. None of us were were born into a world where we were drinking craft beer from the get go. Uh, apart from the kids now, who maybe turn eighteen and decided that's what they want to drink. Uh, lucky bastards. Um, so it's it's always one of these things that just fascinated me. And you know, how do you actually get two beers to go together? And <clears throat> for me, it's always a case of you know complementary. Uh, flavors that actually work well together and again i think it's the same thing for when you're actually thinking about uh when you want to pair food with beer and beers pairing them together what two things want to go together and for some craft beer producers that that might be a very very difficult prospect but they could also do things like blend their beers with other breweries beers dry hop them and see how they get on i mean again that's another avenue you can go down as well and you know it's something which is pretty common in the u.s for people to take uh their beers and bring them together and dry hop them or to sort of hybridize I hate that fucking word it sounds like a, every technology phrase you've ever heard of that you hate yeah, and I work in that industry too go figure uh, but when you hybridize the beer recipes put them together and bring the best of both worlds I think that's a again it's another amazing thing and I think it's a, one of those experiences that when you bring it to people uh, I think what happens is the contrast of flavors when they come together and they're in a single form, I think that overrides the novelty of the fact that it's a blended beer. I mean, if you think about it logically, in the whiskey world, there is blends of whiskeys that actually happen um, where they will uh, get different batches and put them together to make the whiskey. Uh, so again, I don't see why it's that would be that different in the beer world either to do that. And obviously, if large breweries are doing this, I mean, maybe it's something that's you could always look at and follow. And I always think it's one of those things that's kind of fun as well. And plus, it sort of it can give new life to beers um, and, and allow beers to take on a life of their own. I mean, one of my personal favorite blends I like to do is um, getting a little bit of McKellar's "I Beat You" and blending it with uh, "Sink the Bismarck." Uh, and then I end. Yes, I know. And we can already hear you from this side of the microphone. I can already hear you all going, "Jesus Christ, Ian, what the hell?" Uh, and that gives me one of my favourites, which is "I Sink You," uh, which I absolutely love. Um, I have no, and I'm out of "I Beat You." Four corners, get on that and fix that shit. Jesus, get me some more. I beat you. Uh, and then you've got other things I like to do. Is like I like to mix. Um, some sink the Bismarck with some tactical nuclear penguin, and then end up with tactical nuclear Bismarck. Uh, again, yeah, I know I can already hear you guys in the other side going, "What in the hell are you doing?" I'm making awesomes. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> what else would I be doing? Um, so again, these things are things that you can do, and I, again, it's just about playing around with beers and stepping back from the reverence uh, to for beer and actually to being that little bit more irreverent and to being that little bit non-conformist about things and going you know what why can't we do this why shouldn't we do this and beer is there to be played with i suppose it's also the same reason why i like things like hop cannons uh, and hop and infusers uh, on brewdog bars or when you see them uh, or like the dogfish head ones um like they're amazing when they're you, what you can actually blend together and do flavors of beers and to try and take that stuffiness back from it because there's times with craft beer you know as as wonderfully liberating and as free and as an artistic and as our artisanal and 
and how much love and care goes into it. I mean, sometimes I think it almost becomes uh, like this beverage that sometimes it gets stuck on a pedestal and it becomes a little bit stuffy and up its own ass. And I think sometimes you need to step that back and to remember that the whole point of this is freedom. And freedom should be fun and interesting and it should be engaging and it should want to challenge you. Um, because that is the point of having freedom is to find out where the boundaries of your own, uh, your challenge your own boundaries and where they are, where they exist. And I think that, you know, blending is a great, great way to actually experiment and play with that. And it's something I would encourage people to do as well. Um, Yes, you might get a little bit shit-faced as a result of doing it. And yes, some things are not going to work as well together. But again, this is not about... Uh, trying to find what's the weirdest combination. This is about find, exploring and finding new combinations of things and and then turning around to brewers and going, hey, we've just tried these two beers together or these three beers together and these are amazing when they're put together in this combination and this ratio. And maybe they start talking to each other and go, why don't we just take a batch of this, dry hop it and see what happens. You never know what can happen from this because again, craft beer brewers like to experiment and they do a heck of a lot of experimentation. So again, if you're interested in that, they're more than likely going to be interested in it too. And sometimes it's difficult for some brewers to understand how they can do collaborations with other brewers, um, what each can bring to the table. I mean, for for the bigger guys out there, you know, like the Tolls, the McKellars, the Stones, um, the Brewdogs, the Beaver Towns, the Buxtons, and Magic Rocks, and all of these kind of brewers, you know, to them, collaborations are things that they do all the time, uh, and they're f- very familiar with how they all work because they all have their own sort of like code of crazy that they pretty much all subscribe to and work their way through. So it's pretty good for them. And so, so again, this is something that I would strongly encourage uh, not just beer drinkers but Irish craft beer brewers to start doing themselves and see how the what new strange weird combinations they come up with that actually work in terms of things coming together. Now, moving on to the next subject, smash beers. Now, some people out there listening to this might be like, what the fuck is a smash beer? Smash beer is actually just an acronym. Smash means single malt and single hop. And a great example of this beer is probably the Brewdog IPA is Dead series, where basically they have a single malt uh, that they actually use, which as far as I'm aware uh, is generally their Maris Otter malt, and they'll use their... um, They'll use whatever ye- they'll use, like their uh, their ale yeast for their IPA yeast for this, which is their own home house yeast at this point. And what they'll do is they'll use a single hop. So that means they could take a hop like Amarillo, they could take a hop like Mandarina Bavaria, like Equinox, like Chinook, like Simcoe, and they already have a Simcoe smash beer to do each year. It's called Hoppy Christmas. Amazing. If you've never had it, you should have it. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, and I'll talk about uh, Simcoe as a smash beer later on. Um, but these kind of a gener- these kind of things where they just use a single hop and they'll use the hop for the bittering, they'll use it in the aroma, they'll use it in the um, the flame out, they'll use it in the dry hopping, and they'll use it at different various points throughout the um, the kettle pr- cycle. So it's, it mightn't be just as simple as you know, sixty minutes in. Um, 60 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go, 5 minutes to go, and flame out. They might have other various combinations that are in there in various amounts to try and tweak the flavor profiles. And what it's meant to do is it's actually meant to be a showcase for a single hop. And I think very often, uh, given the sort of we're in this world where everyone is just like dropping hop bombs all over the place and 
there's this sort of a major hard-on for as many IBUs as possible and to get like exotic hops and the rest of it. I think sometimes a lot of us actually forget um, that a single hop on its own uh, can actually be quite a powerful voice. And I think it was Eric Clapton that said it best, like, why would I say something in ten notes when I can say it in three? And I think sometimes with these single hop beers, it allows you to absolutely just encapsulate and highlight a hop to its absolutely maximum potential. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to go and turn out some 9% monster to actually do that. Um, I mean, sometimes it can help, sometimes it's it's not as important in allowing the hop to shine. It really depends on sort of the malts that you're using, the yeast that you're using, and what you actually are trying to like showcase with that hop. And I think it's a hugely important exercise. And I mean, if you're a home brewer and you don't smash brew... Um, to me, I don't think you're ever going to get like that fully rounded education or self-education that you're getting about the ingredients that you're using. And equally with that, I think it's almost as important to uh, for the malts as well. Not just playing around with the hops and you're doing smash beers, but to play around with the malts, to actually understand what, what the malts and how they interact with those hops in terms of like the sugars and what happens with the alcohol in those hops because again the, you have to remember that a beer is this beautiful marriage of things that are going on there's this beautiful marriage of the ethanol or the alcohol that's being produced through the actual um, the conversion of simple sugars into starches and then them being consumed by yeasts into carbonation and into alcohol but the malt actually also gives a, a flavor of its own to it as well. So being able to go and understand these things and take them back, I think it's hugely important. And I would love to see some Irish brewers, you know, put out like maybe uh, a, a single hop series and to highlight the hops themselves and to highlight their malts. And again, I think it also is a great technical showcase of how well you can brew that you can actually, or what you can produce from from simple hops, maybe not exotic hops. I mean, for example, this year's IPA's Dead 2015, they had a Chinook beer in there. And, uh, you know, when this was announced, this four-pack was announced, uh, I had the biggest hard-on in the world for Mandarina Bavaria. I mean, huge, enormous. I mean, Peter North would have been, would have been envious of the hard-on that I had. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Peter, Horth, Peter North is a famous American porn star. Um... But I was like, Mandarina Bavaria, I want that, that's the one, that's probably going to be the best one for me. And ironically, it actually wasn't. Um, the Mandarina Bavaria, it was beautiful, it was stunning, it highlighted everything I love about that hop. But, I don't think it was as nice as the Mandarina Bavaria beer that I tried uh, last year up in Cask. The name of it escapes me, always does, but it's the one thing that sort of brought that hop to my attention. I had a beer that was just made solely with Mandarina Bavaria. Beautiful, stunning. And it was an American beer as well. Um, but the surprise for me was actually the Chinook beer. And it wasn't a surprise in terms of, this is Chinook, it's going to be boring. It was actually, it reminded me of everything that I absolutely love about that hop. And it reminded me so much um, of Stone's Arrogant Bastard. Now, if anyone's actually had Stone's Arrogant Bastard, it is a beautiful, beautiful beer. Some people would say it's old, it's outdated, it's lived past its prime. Bullshit, it hasn't. Uh, Arrogant Bastard, if you're going to brew your own version of it, is just you can just brew it with Chinook only as a single hop for it, and it will turn out beautiful and amazing, um, depending on your skill as a brew, of course. Um, but that beer for me was just like, oh my god, this is like Arrogant Bastard version 2. In the same way now that we've got Ruination version 2, and we've got Pale Ale version 2 from Stone. And the Pale Ale version 2 from Stone, by the way, I know this is meandering off slightly, but it's just while I bring it up, that actually has Mandarina Bavaria as a hop in it 
as a regular inclusion for that beer now. Um, so again, really, really cool that that's, uh, that hops finding its way around. I also thought the, the Ella one that they did was beautiful. And then when I tried it in, uh, where was I? I was in Shepherd's Bush Brewdog. I'd actually tagged the guys from 8 Degrees in there because they use Ella in their Amber Ella beer. And it's something that I would encourage them to put their hands on. I mean, they, there's another example of a, of, a, of a company who did an amazing beer recently. They did that Enigma Pale Ale using the Enigma hop from this... Um, from Australia, and they're one of like the ver- first uh, commercial breweries in the world to actually do a beer solely with that. And that beer is utterly to die for. It is a stunning, stunning beer, uh, and I really can't say enough good things about it. Um, so, smash beers. If you're home brewing, go and do it. Go check them out. If you're a brewer, start having a think about doing like a, maybe a four pack of some smash beers, or maybe do like a small series of smash beers for yourselves, um, and put them out there. Let people try them. Like show off your technical skills. Um, I mean, just get your shit out for the boys. Like God damn it, get them out and show them, show them what you can do. I mean, these beers are great. They're important. They they again highlight the 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 prowess of the brewer with the ingredients that they have and what they can actually achieve um, because here's the thing I could take two brewers uh, from two different breweries in this country and I could give them the exact same quantities of ingredients um, to make a smash beer with the exact same hops, exact same malt, exact same yeast and I will get to then let them just have freedom in terms of how they want to divide up that quantity of hops to go into it and I will get two very, very different beers. In fact, I'd say I could line up eight brewers from Ireland, and I would get eight very, very different beers. Uh, and again, just if you think about it more, so again, this is one of those things that's actually very, very cool. I mean, I would actually love if a number of brewers who are friendly would actually get together and do a smash beer, a smash challenge, where they all agree on a on a yeast. And given that most of them use USO5, it's probably going to be USO5. Uh, get them all to use mold, uh, pale malt, and they're probably all. Most of them are probably getting it from MCI anyway. Uh, and to agree on a hop, and to agree on a fixed quantity of hops, in terms of so that no one can be hop, no one can ever have more hops than the other. And then to do, there's your smash beer challenge. Go, and everyone turns out a beer, and maybe it gets turned into a pack of beers. Maybe it's five brewers and gets turned into a special five pack of beers. It's bought. They split the money equally with it, and you engage people then on social media to try that beer and enjoy it and and give their feedback and then get excitement around the five breweries that are there as well i think it would be a very very cool idea i think it'd be very cool and very interesting and i think the winners there would definitely be the breweries i think the winners there will definitely be the people who get to try those beers and again irish craft beer social media doing something really really interesting and different that's out there uh, and giving something uh new as as an idea as well and to showcase what's coming out of this art this island now, before I get into talking about BrewDog Equity for Punks 4, what I would like to do is I want to talk about some of my own recent homebrews, and this kind of fits into the Smash thing as well. Recently, I've uh, completed my chocolate orange porter, and I'm actually getting to bottle that off tonight, hopefully. Thank God. Uh, I've been waiting to do this, and I've currently got a Smash beer in there at the moment, so I've just used Maris Otter malts, uh, pale malt, and I've used Simcoe. And the reason I wanted it is I've, for a long time I've been like, I want to do a Simcoe-only beer. I want to do Simcoe-only beer. And I wanted to do it as an all-grain as well. And again, this was something which was important to me. Uh, because Simcoe like, is my absolute favourite hop of them all. And Marisotter malt is 
my absolute favourite pale malt of them all. Like there is to me, I, there's loads of other amazing malts, but I just love that so much. It brings so much, and the canvas that it, that for me that it helps to create in terms of the type of beers that I like to drink. Uh, I think it's amazing. As far as I know, I think only one brewer in the country actually uses Marisotter malt, and I believe that's Beau Bristle. I stand open to correction, as always, because facts are only as available as they are on hand, and if it's on the internet, it must be true. No, that's bullshit. Um, so, like, to, I, I, to me, like the experiments with homebrew are things that I'm constantly thinking of. I mean, on a, on a daily and weekly basis, I'm coming up with new ideas for beers, and I'm fleshing them out in my own head as to what I want to do. Uh, recently, I was fortunate enough where I gave a couple of my homebrews over to the guys in Royal River to go and try uh, because I wanted their feedback and because Alan is a harsh motherfucker when it comes to feedback on beers um, he's almost like brutal um, in terms of like how he will how he will speak about a beer whether he likes it or not and so I really wanted that and plus Alex Laws is um, someone whose opinion I respect hugely and someone who I believe is really really good at what he does so I sent over my Pacific Pale Ale uh, which is called Hula Dancer. Uh, the guys seem to really, really like that beer a lot. I put over my Blood Moon Equinox, which was my uh, anti-Blue Moon beer, and they seem to like that an awful lot. My 60-minute IPA, however, was a gusher. Ooh. How many times do people actually be out there and admit when a beer goes wrong? I always say I should always admit when a beer goes wrong. Uh, so obviously that didn't come out particularly well. And it happened before when Sam Black tried it as well. I was hoping it was only one bottle, but... Uh, you know, that's just the way it goes with that. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And the other one that I gave him to try was my Christmas in Tokyo. Uh, so at least he could see what the purpose of that. His description of it was medicinal. Um, uh, and very, very, very big. Um, a lot of, I've given that to a couple of people to try and people have been just like, holy shit, what the hell. Uh, it does, it does not drink like it. it's got that much alcohol in it. But if you put it in a glass, you can see how much alcohol is in that for damn sure. Um, but homebrew is something that I've, I'm now progressing more and more with. I'm getting more and more comfortable with doing all grains and I really enjoy them an awful lot. But I think at the moment, my preference is to move away from doing bigger beers, like big huge ABV beers, to doing sort of reasonable sort of four to six percent beers and starting to even experiment now with grains and hops um, so I can understand how each of them play with each other experiment with different yeasts a little bit more uh, and to do things as well they're slightly different like um, start to play with water chemistry as well uh, something which Alex Laws has actually um, been talking to me a fair bit about which is really really cool um, just so I can understand how to tweak things a little bit more and to get that, that next thing out of it um, so I'm really really looking forward to that now getting on to Brewdog Equity for Punks 4 recently this came out yes it did indeed now if you were interested in subscribing to Equity for Punks and you would like to help support the podcast you can in fact use my reference code to go and do it which is awesome um, so if you want to do it grab a pen and paper now or pause the podcast one or the other but my reference code is ORFORROMEO514640 so put that in as your reference code and help support the podcast so we can move that a little bit further and get some extra cool stuff and hopefully be able to give away some stuff on the podcast in the future which I'm planning to do yes that's what I am because I'm a good guy like that so Equity for Punks 4 came out and it's come out with a plum and there's been loads of people really really interested in this uh, and again I think this is like the guys talking about further expansion of the brewery and doing something different and to make sure that their brewery will never become a takeover target for another commercial venture who wants to deal with thousands and thousands of shareholders after all and I think it's a great way for them to 
have the people who understand their business and love their business lots help contribute to growing that business even further. Um, and I think it's an it's an amazing way to do it. Uh, I mean, I know recently some people got a little bit pissed off at me because of my uh, opinions on linked finance and brewers in Ireland doing that, um, and them being too and the, my oversight of the fact that they're too small to do this. But I do think that you know. There, you can do the linked finance thing, but I think it would be great to, like, if I think about what Sam Black did with raising money where he uh, did the Indiegogo thing and people got to come down and brew beers and got some stuff. I think there's there's other things you can do rather than just taking the cold, hard cash approach uh, to people uh, buying into your brewery and helping investing in your brewery. I don't think there's anything wrong in, in I would say, uh, having people come down to, you know, once a year being able to say to people who are invested in that, you know, come down to the brewery, try some beers, you know, if you've invested in it, come down, try some beers, have a couple of experimental beers on, do that, put on a tiny bit of a shindig in the brewery, a uh, private party, if you wish, and, you know, to to get people excited about it, I mean, it, it's hard to get excited about, about about money getting a return as a rate of interest. It it really, really is. And I'm, I'm really not being down on the breweries who do this. I mean, if this approach they need to take, this approach they need to take, and it's important for them to be able to raise finance, especially in a, in a country where, like, there is difficulty in raising finance because banks really just do not understand the business model of craft breweries, and they don't understand it because they only understand the Heineken's, Diageo's, and so on. So, again, completely understand. I take that point on board. But I do think there is a, there is an alternative to, you know, and there is a better way to get people to buy into your brewery. Um, and I think it's a, it's a very cool way to do it, like giving the people, like, special beers once a year. I mean, brewers will always brew special beers. And even your brew beer has been able to say, like, hey, maybe four times a year if you're going to invest in the brewery in the long term. Uh, and you can take the linked finance thing as long term investment, like four times, once a quarter, you'll get to come to, you can come to the brewery and we'll do a brew tasting day uh, where they'll have some experimental beers to try. Um, and again, get those people to go be advocates for the brewery and get those people to go and get other people excited about the brewery and what the brewery actually represents. I think it's an amazing thing to be able to do. Um, I mean, I've always said, like, the truth lies somewhere in between. Uh, so I think there's a couple of options that people can take with, and I really hope that more brewers just take that little bit of a, a step outside the box. Because, like again, I'm not being derogatory, but I do think in Ireland that sometimes our craft brewing industry is a little too in the box. And I'm sure, if, like if I think about people like Shane Long and the rest of it, they they would actually say the same thing. You know, there's too much in the box thinking. There needs to be more out of the box thinking. Uh, and I think it's good for everyone. It's good for business. It's good for consumers. And it's definitely it, that is a self-perpetuating and self-fulfilling uh, cycle. So, again, that is a clink. That's right. I think I broke it. I might have. That's better because that is the same for last order. So I want to say thanks once again for joining for another episode of Eleven PM Somewhere Podcast. Remember. New episodes of the show are always available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so please, 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 please remember to drop a rating and review because it does help the show climb the ladder to podcast charts and it does get it more visibility. And you can always hit up the show on the Twitter machines at 11pm somewhere. And if you want to join a mailbag on an episode or if you've got any questions, send them on Twitter or send an email to show at 11pm somewhere. We're all over the Facebook, Instagram, untapped, so hit me up on there. Follow, subscribe, like, thumbs up, and all the rest of other good bullshit. So, until next time, I've been me, you've been you, and the last one left standing settles bar tab as always. Cheers to you craft beer drinker Addy.
The Irish Craft Beer subreddit contains all the latest news, reviews, blogs, and posts from around the internet about Irish craft beer. To find out more, check out www.reddit.com slash or slash Irish craft beer. Join the revolution.